Let's go to Hotline and welcome uh, to the show for the very first time from CNBC's The Prophet. This is Marcus Lamonis. Marcus, how you doing, buddy? Good morning, guys. How's Tampa? Uh, good. You, anybody? Yeah, you coming down here to uh, to rescue any businesses in the Tampa Bay area? No, I did a business there about a year ago, and I had my fill, but I used to live in Tampa. I lived in Tampa for a couple years um, uh, by Bush and Himes. Oh, and, really? Uh, I, yep, and I have some family down there, and uh, my family used to have a car dealership on Hillsborough Avenue, like, God, I'm like 10, 15 years ago. Um, I love Tampa. I actually really love it a lot. What did you, uh, did you do one on here for the show? I did. I did a trailer company uh, that was located over by the fairgrounds. Uh, they made concession trailers, and they were, without a doubt, the absolute craziest couple that I'd ever dealt with in my entire life. I mean, I ended up not doing the deal because they were so nuts. Um, nice people, but not really. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I, and, Marcus, uh, I've seen every episode. I love the show, and I keep on telling Mike how great it is. And they were so crazy. And then the lady started hitting on Marcus. Like hitting on him yeah. sexually? Yeah. She was like, when are we going out? What's happening? Beautiful. Yeah. She was not only that, but it was it was even crazier than that. I mean, the, I've never seen people scream at each other. And you obviously you saw it. They were they were probably as 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 backyard as you would expect. And it was kind of entertaining. But I at some point you wanted to get out of there. You You were a CEO for an RV store, correct? I am today. I own a company called Camping World. Oh. Um, and so, yeah, we have stores all over the country. We have one uh, on exit, uh, uh, God, I think I'm on exit 27 or somewhere over in Tampa, and then I have one in uh, in Holiday. I am. Over in Clearwater area. I am obsessed with, uh, I don't know if it's because I, I'm preparing for some sort of end of the world thing, or, but I know that the the later years of my retirement will be in an RV just driving around the country but let me ask you before if i was to go buy one i'm better i'm better off i don't know i just seem like since when i pass all the rv stores on i4 i think this must be the biggest racket going because there's so many of them you must be making a, a huge fortune on everyone sold well you know what's interesting is uh they're they're it's an interesting business because it's like the housing and the car business and so when times are bad like when the economy's bad, it's it's rough. Yeah, and you can appreciate that. It's 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 rough. When times are good, it's good. But most RV dealers, like there's there's some big ones out there. But our business is a little different. We sell the average price of unit. We sell is thirty grand, and I, I'm a big believer that people should be buying trailers uh, before they're buying big motorhomes to make sure they actually like it. And it's a great way to kind of go out with your family and spend some time and go to a place where cell phones don't work and. Just kind of disengage, you know. It's good for you. What do you have? I bet you have the most macked out motorhome ever. I don't. I have a pretty basic Winnebago, um, and I use it. I actually travel with it when I'm making the show, and I use it, you know, while we're shooting the show in different cities. I actually keep it on property and have a place to kind of rest. But no, I'm not a big believer in having big flashy things. I think at the end of the day. People, people don't like it. They don't like flashy things. Oh, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of flashy. Uh, we're talking about <laughs> uh, Marcus Lamonis. His show is called The Profit. Uh, is that where you made your money through uh, being the CEO and working for AutoNation and all that? Yeah, so I spent you know I spent some time at AutoNation early on, uh, but the bulk of the bulk of the the success that I've had has been very blessed. Is over the last fifteen years in in, in my primary business camping world and. Um, you know, we have 7,000 employees, and it's a good business. But, 
you know, outside of that, I'm invested in, in over a hundred small businesses around the country, and it's uh, it's um, it definitely keeps me busy. That's so, sure. does that so you come in, you find a business that needs help. They contacted you to contact you. You go there and you assess whether or not you can help them right away. And then when you go in, you take over immediately for the first couple of weeks, and they can't have any any say, right? You know, it's a little more intense than that. You know, these people call, folks call for me to come in, and uh, I try to make a deal with them. I, I make an offer. But when I do, I tell them, and it's not just for the television show. I'm literally 100% in charge, not for a couple weeks. I'm 100% in charge forever. Oh. And so, yeah, and so it's tough for people because, listen, they're going out of business in some cases. They're struggling, really struggling in other cases. And as you guys can appreciate, the risk for me to invest is pretty high. I mean, I will tell you that you see people invest in startups and they invest in all these other things. These businesses, in some cases, are closing their doors. And so when I do invest, it's high risk, but it requires me to have full control because I got to be able to make sure that the crazy stuff doesn't happen. And that's, so if I want you to come in and save my business, I, deal, I give you a percentage, we make a deal, but then now I know that you're running the business. It doesn't matter what percentage I buy into, and I think people get confused. You don't have to buy 51% to have full control. Right. Um, in some cases, I buy 20%, and I have full control. And, you know, there's an episode on tonight uh, down in Miami, which is my hometown, where I'm from, and uh, I buy less than 50% of the business, but I, I tell them I'm going to run, I'm going to make all the decisions going forward. What kind and of business is it? In some cases, it works out. It's a, a, a three-generation furniture manufacturer. They're Cuban immigrants, ma amazing story, great company. Um, it's nothing like the trailer people, but it's really about, I don't think you guys, people don't realize this, 90% of third-generation businesses fail, 70% of second-generation businesses fail. And my experience in the Tampa market, well, you know, my family had a, the Abraham Chevrolet on Hillsborough Avenue, and uh, it was a generational business that ended up having to be sold because the succession plan just wasn't clear and nobody could get along and, you know, it ruins things. Well, yeah, I can I can see why you'd expect the Chevy dealership to last. But when you have three generations of furniture, you got to know that uh, the times are going to change and the furniture that you're making, if you've not changed with the times, is eventually going to go out of fashion and bigger manufacturers are going to take over. That sort of stuff kind of makes sense. It does, but if you can change the business, uh, you don't have to necessarily change everything else. You just kind of change their product lineup. Over the years, you know, unfortunately, a lot of, of furniture that, that sold at retailers like in our neighborhood, whether it's on, you know, uh, Hillsborough or whether it's on uh, Del Mapri, uh, is, is, is made in China. And so it's mm. hard to find good furniture made in America. This furniture is made right down in Miami. Is it a little more expensive? Yeah, it is. But it's handmade in this country. And I think people are getting back to the fact that they want to support businesses that are that are making stuff here in this country. And yeah, they'll spend 50 bucks more or 70 bucks more because they just they feel good about it. What has been the most profitable business for you since you've saved them? I would say uh, the auto businesses that I've that I've saved. I saved two auto businesses, one in New York and one in Chicago. Uh, one, the one in Chicago it was a single point used car dealer. We now have nine locations around the country. Wow. Uh, the auto things are really, and that was in, in a year and a half. We've done nine, and we're we're going to continue to grow. I did a. Uh, uh, we now have the world's largest candy store in Jacksonville, Florida. It was a small candy shop uh, in the middle of a neighborhood. 
Uh, we I, I renovated an old historic mansion, and so there's been a there's been a bunch of them. But I think what the ones that sting are the ones that you know I spent money on that went bad, and I've lost a couple million dollars on ones that have gone bad. Have there uh, been a lot of those? There's been uh, there's been three where people legitimately just took my money and. You know, I, I do the deals, and for those that have seen the show, I do the deals initially on a handshake. Oh. Uh, and people always tell me, like, this is the stupidest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> to be a smart guy. And and my, my, my theory is, look, when in this country can we get back to shaking hands? When can it just mean something? Right. Uh, and if people can't honor the handshake, what makes you think they're going to honor the paperwork? Mm, I, I I agree with that. Uh, two things, Marcus. One, uh, the the car dealership in Chicago was that the guy that had the uh, the lobby with all the <laughs> painting and the marble. Yeah. yeah, that was that was the video game. Yeah, yeah. the guy uh, yeah. Marcus is the guy who I described smartest guy in the room because this guy is saying he's got these leather recliners. He's got this marble that was brought in from Italy. For he's what got, kind of business? For a car dealership. Ugh. For the lobby. He said whenever people buy a car, they want an experience. They want to have all. All this stuff and Marcus, no yeah, Marcus no goes. Cars. Marcus goes. They don't want that. They want to come in and get a good deal on a car and get the hell out of there. Yeah. That's all they want. That's the truth. I'd rather not even go into the dealership if I didn't have to. <laughs> yeah, it was unbelievable. And the guy had like ten cars, and they were all like a hundred thousand or more. It was ridiculous. <laughs> and then the other one, which I think is the best, because. Uh, you know, it's great whenever you go in and it's a successful business and you guys do great at the end. But some of the best stuff, of course, is when there's conflict. The guy with the flower shop, whose dad was a florist, had this flower shop for years. He passed away. Then the mother and the son owned it. When you told him to call his mommy, that was probably the greatest <laughs> thing ever in the world. Well, you know, I spent like two weeks there. We we renovated the entire business. We changed the process. And the guy tells me, oh, everything's fixed now. I said, yeah, it's great. He said, yeah, I don't want to do the deal anymore. Right. I was like, what do you mean you don't want to do the deal? I spent all this money. He said, oh, no, you didn't spend that money. I said, yeah, I did. And I said, you better call your mama and get real. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the show I'm is... about to get real in here right now. The show is called The Prophet. It's on uh, Tuesdays at 10 o'clock on CNBC. You can watch it tonight. I was unaware that you uh, were tied to the Tampa Bay area. It's good to see you. Now I'm going to Camping World yeah. to get my RV. Look at that, Marcus. There you go, buddy. I appreciate you guys. Make you richer like you need it anyway. <laughs> hey, good, good luck, and we'll check out The Prophet tonight. Take care, guys. All right, buddy. Bye. Take it easy.